Hello, and welcome to the Self-Sufficient Hub podcast. I'm Carl from selfsufficienthub.com, and I'm here to talk about all things self-sufficiency, all things homesteading, and about how we can reduce the gap between our consumption and our production. Sustainability and food security matters. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 319 of the Self-Sufficient Hub podcast. I hope you're all safe and well. We are definitely feeling a bit like it's spring or depending on what day it is, our weather has been really, really up and down. We've had some really warm days. We've had some incredibly mild periods over the winter and every so often now we'll get a day or two when it feels warm, the sun is on our faces and uh, we instantly, or at least if you're anything like me, you are instantly thinking, right, it's time to get sewing. And uh, depending on where you live, you may very well be right. So today we're going to be talking about all the things that you could be sewing now that it is March. Now, before we get into that, just a quick reminder that we will be giving away the Garden Planner book at the end of the episode. That will be going to a current patron. And if you would like to be included in future draws, then all you have to do is become a patron of the show at patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub. Right. So we're going to be talking today, let's get into it, about what we can sow in March. And there's a tremendous amount. But as always, with anything that we're sowing, we have to talk about our, our last frost dates and all the caveats that come with that. So depending on where you are, and of course, I'm coming from the UK point of view. And it was interesting. I was looking at a last frost date map, and it was really, really interesting, actually, to see that there are lots and lots of places that have already had their last frost dates. Some of them are as early as the beginning of March. And then there's also lots of places that have their last frost dates actually in June. Not even necessarily just up in Scotland and the Highlands, but even some places further down into the south of the country. There's some places around Guildford and Crawley, which isn't too far from London, that uh, have June as their last frost date. So with that said, you know, what I'm what I'm trying to say is please do bear in mind that the last frost date is going to have an impact on what you can sow and when you can sow it. So whenever you're thinking about sowing anything, think about what's my last frost date and how am I affected by that. You all know what I'm talking about, I should think, but if not, you know, there's there's places online you can just type in what is my last frost date and you just type in your postcode or your town or wherever you are and it will give you your last frost date because there are lots of seeds that if they germinate and we get our seedlings and then we get a frost, that frost is going to kill them dead. So definitely worth thinking about that. Now, of course, we can mitigate that to a degree by using things like polytunnels and windowsills and growing things inside. And that's something that we can definitely start thinking about now. There are some things that we can be sowing outdoors, though, directly. Things like broad beans can definitely be going in the ground. Now, if you haven't already done that, if you don't overwinter yours, they can be going in the ground still. It's not too late. 
And if you've got things like potato sets, they can be going out now into the garden and also Jerusalem artichokes and maybe even some potatoes. You could think about getting some early potatoes in now. Now, if you've passed your last frost date, you can definitely get them in. And I tend to plant my potatoes or I have planted my potatoes in the past before my last frost date. And I just make sure that I cover them up and protect those leaves as they grow. So potatoes are definitely something that depending on where you are, you can be getting in the ground now. And that's always a great sign that we have hit the start of the growing season. But you can also grow things like potatoes in buckets and those buckets can live in your greenhouse or your polytunnel. We could be sowing our early carrots now. We can be sowing them and we can be sowing our beetroot, particularly the early varieties. Again, if your last frost date hasn't come, you might want to hold out for a little bit longer. But I'm a huge advocate on getting a few of them in and holding some seeds in reserve just in case. But yeah, carrots and beetroot can go in now. Your main crop peas, parsnips, radish, spinach. Again, if you get a frost, they're going to get knocked back and uh, they might not make it. But uh, I think now is definitely the time where I'm going to be growing or sowing a load of my main crop vegetables. Now, if you are lucky enough to have a polytunnel or a greenhouse, then you can start sowing your seeds in there and transplant them out when they are seedlings. That's going to be the case for almost everything I've said, you know, whether or not you want to grow your carrots direct or grow them in seed trays and then transplant them is your choice. But if you are growing them in seed trays undercover in cold frames, or you could even make a seed, a seed tray out of your cold frame and then transplant from there, then that there's almost nothing that you can't be getting in the ground now if you are at or around your last frost date. And when I say in the ground, I mean in the soil, in the compost, not necessarily in their final home in the ground. So so just to go over that list again, these are things you can actually sow outdoors depending on your frost date. Check your area, but you can be sowing these outdoors right now. Broad beans, beetroot, early varieties of carrots, parsnips, some of your main crop peas, uh, radishes, spinach and turnips. Now, again, some of these things are going to be frost tender, so you might want to hold off depending on your frost date. Now, if you've got things that you are growing from sets or you're growing as something that is transplanting outside or perhaps you're buying in a garden centre. There are things you can plant outside now, like asparagus crowns. You can buy them from the garden centre and get them in the ground now or as soon as your last frost date has passed. Onion sets, potatoes, shallots, Jerusalem artichokes. And then finally, there's a list of other things that we can be sowing so long as we give them some protection. So really now we can be sowing these either on our windowsill inside or in a cold frame or in our polytunnels or greenhouses ready for us to transplant them out. Things like baby beetroots, uh, things like Brussels sprouts, the early crops, uh, early cabbages and summer cabbages can both be sown now. Early varieties of cauliflowers, uh, spring onions and lettuce. Now, Something else which is usually really high on gardeners list of things to get going on would be tomatoes. And I have to say, you can definitely be sowing your tomatoes now. But when you're sowing things like tomatoes, which are incredibly frost sensitive, what you need to do, and this goes for everything I've been speaking about, is just have a plan for their future management. If you have a polytunnel, 
then you can definitely be sowing tomato seeds now. You can germinate them inside on your windowsill and then you can transplant them out to your polytunnel in a few weeks when it's still a, you know, a slight chance of frost maybe, depending on where you are, and they're going to be fine out there before eventually, if they're going to be grown outdoors, transplanting them outdoors when every single risk of frost has gone you think and uh, with everything that we're sowing at this time of year it's a little bit of a gamble and we need to be prepared to do things like protect our seedlings from frost whether it's with cloches or whatever it might be one of the simplest ways I have done it in the past and tend to do it is by using bottles you know plastic bottles that with their tops cut off and I just put them over the plant they act like a little mini greenhouse and I use them every year whether there's going to be frost or not on things like peas because they also protect the peas from being eaten by pigeons and mice and things like that so there's a little bit of frost management that we can do which is going to enable us to grow even more than we might otherwise. Now, I've done an episode a while back and I've re-released it since called Grow More Food. And it's all about pushing the envelope and getting things in a little bit earlier than you might. And I'm a big advocate for that and just chancing your arm. And there's a chance that some of these early crops that realistically you think you should hold off, they won't come, they won't come to anything. They will get taken by the frost or whatever. But if the weather suddenly decides it's going to be super advantageous, then you're going to get a much earlier crop out of it than you otherwise might have. Again, it's all to do with risk and reward. And I wouldn't, certainly wouldn't take all my seeds and use this method with them but you can take a few you know 10% of everything that you're going to grow and just try a few a two or three weeks earlier than you otherwise might and be mentally prepared that these are these are seeds that are kind of throwaway seeds you're not planning to get a return from them and any return you do get is a bonus but what it does mean is that if the weather does turn and by the time they've germinated the weather has got warmer then you're going to get that extra crop that you otherwise wouldn't have had access to. So in my opinion, it's always worth giving it a go. Something else to bear in mind, there are some things like beetroot and kohlrabi that don't like having their roots disturbed. So if you're going to plant them, you probably don't want to go in a seed tray. You're going to want to go into modules so you can basically transplant the whole section like a root ball. Like if you were to buy a tree with a root ball, you would transplant them out that way. So that's something else to bear in mind. And other than that, it's really about understanding your last frost date and understanding how that interacts with your plant. Now, usually I would suggest for every single seed you're going to plant, unless they're seeds you've saved, then you can't do this, uh, that you just read the seed packet every time. Don't just assume that you know what you're doing. Read the seed packet every time and just refresh yourself and familiarize yourself with that variety and what that variety's tolerance is for seasonality and just bear that in mind and allow that to guide your judgment when you are deciding when and where you are going to plant because there are some things that you might think off of my list that you can go and plant them straight outside but your variety might want a little bit you know to wait a little bit longer wait for that weather to warm up and also it's going to help you to familiarize yourself with things like soil temperatures some things like tomatoes they're just not going to germinate unless the soil 
the compost that they're in reaches a decent temperature, a nice warm temperature. You can achieve this in lots of different ways. One of the easiest ways, and I think a lot of people do it, is by germinating their tomatoes in the house, getting them up and running in the house. But you can also use things like cloches and cold frames. You can use them as a way of warming up the temperature of your soil. Of course, having mulch is going to be a benefit here as well, whether we're talking about in the polytunnel or outside where we're planting into the ground. Mulch is going to help to keep that soil temperature that little bit higher. It's going to act like a blanket and the decomposition actually increases the temperature as well, as we'll all know from our composting. So that is basically all I have to say today. It might be a slightly shorter episode than usual, but that, I think, covers where we are. So I'll run through that list again. So you can think about sowing directly outdoors right now. Broad beans, early varieties of beetroots, carrots, parsnips, main crop peas, radish, spinach, spinach and turnips. You can be also planting outdoors asparagus, crowns, onion sets, potatoes, shallots and Jerusalem artichokes and then sowing indoors in a greenhouse or in, in trays and modules or in your house. You can think about baby beetroots, uh, Brussels sprouts, the early varieties, kohlrabi, your early and summer varieties of cabbages, uh, early cauliflowers, some bulb onions, spring onions, tomatoes and lettuce. These are all the things that we can be thinking about sowing now that it is March. Again, like I said at the start of the episode, just think about your last frost date. That information is readily available online and get out and get sowing. I'm very, very jealous because I'm doing no sowing at all at the moment due to our house move, which is in six weeks from now. In six weeks from now, we'll be in our new house. And uh, we have decided we've got so much to move. We're not using a moving company. We're doing it all ourselves. So we have decided we are not going to be sowing anything this year. We are, well, let's say this year, this, this early this year. We're going to wait until we move. And I know that means that we'll have slightly less produce this year. But for us, it was uh, a price worth paying, I think, for the ease of the house move, which is going to be difficult enough as it is. So, uh, yeah, that's us. So I'm very jealous of all you guys. So please do get in touch and uh, show me the pictures of what you're growing, the pictures of what you're sowing. Just, uh, yeah, get in touch and let me grow crops vicariously through you through you guys let me know what you're sowing and when you're sowing it how you're sowing it and uh, all of those things because i am detached from that process at the moment and i i'm feeling good at the moment i'm feeling very very happy and comfortable and stable mentally at the moment but uh, I've had a couple of wobbles and I think it's largely because I'm detached from that process and uh, making these podcasts definitely helps. Anyway that's it for today's episode. The last thing to do is to do our book draw, our giveaway for the garden planner and today's winner is as I pull a name from the hat William James. William James, you have won the Garden Planner from my library to yours. I hope you get some use out of it. It'll arrive just in time, I think, for this year. So please do uh, drop me an email, William, with your name and address. I know your name, but your address, and uh, I will get this posted out to you. Thank you ever so much for listening, guys, and I will speak to you all really soon. Cheers.
This episode of the Self-Sufficient Hub podcast was brought to you by our patrons. You guys are awesome. If you'd like to support the show, there's lots of ways you can do it. The easiest of which is just to like and review it wherever you get our podcasts. You can also tell somebody about it, whether that's on social media or just face-to-face with a friend who you think might benefit from it. But however you support our podcast, we really, really appreciate it. If you'd like to become a patron, please consider doing so by going to patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub. However you support the podcast, it's listeners like you that make all of this possible. Thank you ever so much for listening, and I'll speak to you really soon.